And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt, and I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Good to have all of you here. We are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. And hopefully... Oh, wait, no, I hit the wrong button. This new... uh, this new widget for the chat, it's kind of fun uh, if I can hit the right button. <laughs> we are uh, broadcasting also, uh, this is available as a podcast on a number of players. So if you uh, prefer to listen to these shows as opposed to uh, watching them, that's fine too. We've got people all over the world who listen to the show and we're happy that all of you are here with us as well. Uh, I see Mazerus in the chat, and let me see. I don't have that anywhere. There it is. Very 80s debonair rock. Yes. Keely Chow in the chat. Welcome. Good to see you as well. All right, so here's uh, here's where we're at because uh, we're we're very busy, busy, busy people here. Last night we did uh, H2O podcast on created languages. And uh, this week, we've got uh, the Lucasfilm thing that we're talking about today. Yesterday, we talked money. Tomorrow, Richard Hogue, the lawyer, will be here from Hogue Law. He's going to be talking about the Activision Blizzard stuff. And today, we are going to be talking a little bit more than we did before, uh, following up on Thursday's uh, discussion with uh, uh, Judah Engelmeyer joins us now. He is the president of Herald PR. Hello, sir. Good to see you here. Good morning. Good afternoon, actually. Uh, so I'm. Uh, we're ho- we're hoping that Cameron Pasha can can dial in here as well because he's going to be uh, giving us some insight as far as the Hollywood politics part of this. But uh, I wanted to have your insights in terms of the PR. Because we've talked about this on a number of occasions, the different things that have been spinning out of Disney and Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy and will she or won't she and she's going to be renewed or not. And the latest round of rumors has been that uh, she's still going to be there. Her contract apparently has been renewed for three years, according to Matthew Bellany over uh, at Puck. Except... We don't have any confirmation of that in the trades. You know, we haven't got anything in the Hollywood Reporter or Deadline or Variety. There's no press release. It was very quiet under the under the radar. And <clears throat> my question to you on, on PR stuff, let me start there. Because corporate America, I'm sure there have been some incidents uh, where an executive has done some things, taken some actions that customers are not particularly fans of and whatever the the thinking and the and the investigations and the decision trees that come out they they decide they're going to keep that corporate officer but it's going to be on the down low they're not going to have any any real responsibilities is is this kind of a normal thing where if you have a problematic c-suite executive and for whatever reason you determine you've you've got to keep them, but you don't want people to really do it. Do you just kind of sneak that in somewhere and just kind of let it let it percolate out amongst the bloggers instead of doing this big massive announcement and press release? Well, I mean, there are a few ways of handling it and a few different reasons for doing so. Um, you know, first of all, if they want to do something and test the waters, they would leak it out and see what the response is. You know, and then they'd go ahead and if they want to change it, they go say, you know, there was never an official response. There was never a real that was just a rumor out there. And we decided to go a different direction. Right. Um, you, you've seen that happen all the time. It's, you know, it's, you know, put their finger up in the air and uh, and, and, and see how the wind blows. And companies do that all the time. 
I don't know if that I don't I'm not saying suggest that that's happening with Kathleen Kennedy. I believe her, her contract has been genuinely renewed. Um, and uh, the reason they didn't put it out yet, because maybe they haven't figured out the complete direction. Clearly, the folks at Disney want her um, for for various different reasons, not ne necessarily do with Star Wars, um, but uh, they also want to try to figure out what to do with Lucasfilm and Star Wars. And they haven't quite figured out how to put that together yet. So that's why you haven't seen an official announcement on the complete restructuring. Right. But um, it's not uncommon for companies to sneak information out, put leak something out unofficially, see the results, see how the wind blows on it, and then make a final determination in the end and say this, you know, this is not what we want to, this is, oh, this is indeed what we're doing based on, on, on the, uh, on the popularity, so to speak. When, but, you know, in a company, in a company, there are a lot of different stakeholders and a lot, and in a publicly traded firm, a lot of different reasons for, for, for events and, and, and to happen and people to be hired or let go. And it's not as simple just to, 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 uh, to put it down to just one, one topic. Right. Well, and, and the, the rumors that we've heard, I mean, Balani comes out and says Kathleen Kennedy's been renewed, and then we get her husband, Kathleen's husband, Frank Marshall, is pretty much the only one that that does anything with it. Posting a you know basically a retweet on Twitter about her contract being renewed, and so people are taking that as the confirmation of sorts. Uh, but Cam Cameron was on uh, with uh, Valiant Renegade last week, and they were talking about this almost as if it was an escalation where Disney's going to keep it quiet, but then Frank Marshall puts it out there and basically confirms it. So Disney then turns around, because a lot of fans are not going to be happy with the news that Kathleen Kennedy is staying on as president of Lucasfilm. So uh, the, the possibility there is Disney sits there and says, okay, well, you decided to make it more public than we wanted to. We're going to make sure that the upset fans understand that Kathleen Kennedy is not going to be doing anything with Star Wars. And so they put out this rumor about Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni taking over the movie side of Star Wars in addition right. to television. And those leaks go to WDW Pro. They go to Grace Randolph. Almost as if it's somebody internal... Who, who who pulls the trigger on a rumor, okay, here's where you go to put this thing out. Is this a, is this a common way to disseminate so I, opposition, I, I, I guess? So common, yes and no. It's, it's not like the president or the CEO of Disney is telling this guy, go leak it out. I no. think that there, there, there are, you know, there's no, you'll never see an official channel on that. But there are, people who are um, tasked with let's let, let's let's plant this seed and see where it grows and then we'll figure out how to move from here so if you know if Kathleen Kennedy Pete, Lucasfilm Lucasfilm fans are upset so um, they want to put out a a, a uh, something to water it down a little bit and say you know you know that, that, that you know that she's here but not for this project or for the, for the, for this thing how is the public going to take to it right um, just put it out there. We could always deny it. We could always say it never happened because it's not true. It's just a rumor. I've, I, I've seen that happen dozens of times, hundreds of times, actually, where, you know, it's not like you and me are sitting in a 7-Eleven just calling up the press and leaking information that we have no idea about. <laughs> right. Clearly, clearly, the reason it gets printed in a public, in a, in a, in a live publication, in, in, a, in, a, in a popular publication um, or repeated on a, on, a, on a broadcast is because it came from a source that the reporter or, or someone whoever got the information believes to be genuine. Yeah. Um, and that's how these things happen. And it comes from an unnamed source inside. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, it could be anybody, it, you know, even, even a secretary who saw the contract get signed, <clears throat> you know, could be an official source, whoever the person at the, at the news station or the, at the, at the, the a news publication or a reporting source knows that it was from a viable source. It's very rare that you'll see someone put out something that they really don't know anything about. Right. Um, and then, so, so it comes, it, and, and I've dealt with reporters a lot who protect the sources and they just say an unnamed source within, but, but it was vetted. So they know that it was real, but they'll never say who it was. So yeah, it's, it's planned. Um, sometimes it's done by a rogue who just wants to, you know, screw their own company or, or has their own, you know, their own vendetta or reason for putting it out on some, and most of the time it's done 
particularly on, easy, on, on, you know, on issues like this, to test the waters and let people know that uh, what's coming down the pike. And they haven't quite figured out the direction yet, yeah. but they're working on it. Well, and I would expect that Matthew Bellany, even though he's not with The Hollywood Reporter anymore, I would expect he's still got all of those contacts that he had right. in the past. So when he's got somebody sitting there telling him that... One, Patty Jenkins and Ryan Johnson projects are both off the table completely, off the production schedule, flat out, because of creative differences, not because Patty Jenkins has got too much on her plate schedule-wise. And then he drops the, the, the three-year extension, almost as an afterthought. But he's, his approach on this article was basically it's time for somebody else to be in charge. And here are all of the problems. Even though she's got the contract extension, she shouldn't be running anything having to do with Star Wars. And, and I had the thought this morning, when they were going through uh, the production of Solo, where you've got 80% of the film that's shot, and Lord and Miller get fired, and Ron Howard gets, come, gets brought in to fix things, I would almost expect that at that point, Ron Howard sat there and said, okay, I'll do it, but you give me Willow. You let me have, you know, the next Willow project. So I would expect, you know, if if Kennedy is staying on like everybody is reporting and she's not doing anything with Star Wars and Indiana Jones 5 has been pushed back, Ron Howard is doing Willow, it sounds like Kennedy is just going to be a figurehead. Well, figurehead or has other responsibilities of Lucasfilms that you might not be aware of that might right. have nothing to do with with the things that your fan base that your fan base wants to see. But, you know, like I said, running a company and running a portion of a company entails more than just one one issue. And she might be there for, you know, eight issues, not and, and not and not and not two, you know, eight of the ten, not two of the ten. So right. Uh, but, you know, obviously to you, these are important, but to them, you know, to, to, to the folks at Disney, some of the other reasons why she's there are important. And those can be, you know, gender issues. Those can be popularity issues internally, board, board, board pushing them, uh, shareholders pushing, who knows what it is. Yeah. I, I'm not saying, I, I don't, I don't know that, but there are other factors that go into these decisions and not just the ones that some people, you know, that, 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 that fans of, of one particular uh, project love sure sure no i i i totally understand that and and to be fair to kathleen kennedy uh you know she's got a track record as a producer and the assumption has always been the perception has always been that she's more the nuts and bolts side of things as far as logistics and that kind of thing not necessarily on the creative side and where, you know com every company needs that <laughs> Yeah, and, and I gotta tell you, run, run, running, running my own firm. I the nuts and bolts are <laughs> as important as as dealing with the clients and dealing with the issues, True. because without the nuts and bolts, I can't get to the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, and and that's a very important part, uh, because if you don't have the structure in place, <clears throat> your creatives don't have the room to do whatever it is right. that they're going to do. But on this, on the flip side of that, if you've got a film like Solo, which is eighty percent done. And then she decides, well, this isn't what I want. Right. The, you know, and the the perception out here is, well, what have you been doing? You're the you're the executive producer. You're not you're supposed to be paying attention to this stuff. And well, that's not that's that's not really a realistic stance because you know she's executive producer not of one particular film. She's executive, you know, she's she's overseeing a, a company. Sure. Um, to believe that she's on every set looking at every actor, looking at every decision, reading every script all the time and watching every every uh, every time a, a sequence is filmed, watching it over and watching the edits from everything from TV to, 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 to film that, that, that they're doing. It's not realistic to believe that she really is. Well, what about the the notion that because <clears throat> you talk about other other issues, gender being one of them. We've got Susan Arnold coming in as the new board chairman in uh, January, replacing Bob Iger as the chair of, of, right. of Disney. You've got Bob Chapek now is the CEO. So Iger is on his way out. And all of Iger's acolytes, Alan Horn uh, and, and the like, they're all out too. Mm -hmm. And Su Susan Arnold is not of the Hollywood crowd. She's not in that cocktail party circuit, same as right. Bob Chapek. 
their nuts and bolts, focus on the bottom line, what's the profit and, lo- you know, the profit and loss sheet, uh, are, are we making money? Right. And then we get this new guy, uh, the Jeff, uh, Jeff Morell, who was just announced yesterday as their new communications person, uh, and he's coming out of BP. He's also a, a corporate business a corporate guy, yeah, person, yeah. not a Hollywood guy. So does that possibly indicate that the that the the atmosphere at Disney is changing into be more of a profits oriented customer oriented let's get business done and make money rather than let's you know let's make China happy let's make this marginalized group happy let's do this that and the other are does it sound like maybe they're they're getting more focused back on the bottom line and is that a good thing well, I, I think it's a publicly traded firm who's responsible for its shareholders. So getting the profits back in line is probably their biggest concern. Um, but they're also a publicly traded firm that's in the public all the time and a, and, and a topic of news from, for all different reasons. So they want to be politically correct as well. So, yes, they want to make different groups and different issues happy. They want to be on the right side of everything. Yeah. And, you know, what you see them trying to do is be on the right side of everything. And, you know, it's not possible. And you know that when you're on the right side of everything, you're on the wrong side of other things. And people, you know, there, there, are, there are people who are not 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 going to, to, to like it. But we're also living in a, in a very strange time right now when there's a world align an attempt at alignment, the realignment of uh, of social and socioeconomical issues so that you'll see a lot more um leaning and pushing to certain sides while at the same time still trying to push profits forward as well so you know they're trying they're trying to they're trying to juggle everything at once um and you know every once in a while that you know the balls will fall um but i think right now what you see is this yes they're trying to move towards you know they they had a uh, a a pretty miserable last you know i i guess uh, time in the, the last half of the year with their subscription base yeah um on disney plus and i think they're, they're hurting from that uh, and, I, and I believe <clears throat> that they also, you know, so they have to make money and they have to show that they're back in the business side of things. But they also want to say they're also on the right side of history, right. the right side of social values as well, for whatever that means. And, and you know, I, 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 I'm not going to be, you know, speak freely about what I see. But, you know, when you watch TV commercials today, when you watch uh, when you when, when you when you watch advertisements, you start seeing different a, a different change in in the in the demographics of the of the individuals being used in a lot of these ads it looks like people are trying very hard to show they're all on the right side of of of, of the social of the social agenda today yeah. and that's what disney's trying to do as well I, I i believe that disney's completely trying to satisfy everybody at the same time well and it's interesting you mentioned that because i've seen in the past couple of months i guess uh, this almost a shift in the narrative where it concerns China, for example, where you know now now it's suddenly okay that we can start questioning uh, what goes on over there. I mean, Jake Tapper well, of all why? people. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let my politics off a little bit here. It's okay because <laughs> now Biden said that they're not going to be sending officials to, to, the, to the to the Olympics next year. Yeah. Um, so that means that. We're not as friendly as we as, as we once were. Now it's okay not to be friendly. And I think that what they're also trying to do is balance their is, is balance the way the the world you know the, the United States political scene is you know see you know use China as well. You know if one side likes it, we have to hate it. If one side hates it, we have you know it it, it it's it's uh it's cyclical as you know. And yeah. and once again, it's putting your finger up in the air. <laughs> but does it does it feel like the pendulum swinging back a little bit more to center because you know like you know CNN fires Chris Cuomo fairly quickly um, you've got an executive at uh, Sony Digital the the PlayStation guy who gets fired almost like that I mean just right. not not too much time to deliberate that at all uh, you've got the stuff that's going on with Activision Blizzard. You've got various different news outlets coming in and saying, well, maybe maybe we shouldn't be in bed with China. And they're calling out the NBA and they're calling out places like, you know, companies like Disney. Right. It almost feels like somebody kind of sort of halfway hit the reset button and said, maybe we need to rethink some of this. 
Well, so you know, listen, you saw that when when uh, under the Trump administration, there was such it, it was such an animus towards China that anyone who wasn't on the Trump bandwagon, so to speak, or the Republican bandwagon was going pro China to the other direction. But one, yeah, there is a realignment, as you see, people are realizing that China is not the best thing in the world all the time. And we have to challenge back and we are losing jobs opportunity. They, they, they're not handling the environment properly and human rights issues. Why are we, you know, you know, maybe the other side, maybe, maybe the other administration wasn't completely wrong on everything they said about China. And you see, and, you know, depend, you know, we had to, you know, politically, the pendulum swung all the way anti whatever Trump was saying. Right. And now it's coming back, you know, now it's come back to the middle saying, okay, now that we're past that era, we can start focusing on real issues. And yeah, China needs to be challenged on a lot of different, on, on, on a lot of different areas. And, 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 and I think you're seeing that too. And you are seeing a, a coming, a slight, you know, a realignment now of normalcy, normalcy. One could hope, right? <laughs> Yeah, listen, you know, it's going to go back the other way as we get towards another set of elections, right? Yeah, well, well yeah, there is that. Well, and, and you know, you look at also, I mean, the impact that the lockdowns and the pandemic has had on, on corporate America in general, but also what Disney was planning to do and some of the decisions that they've made there with regard to day and date releases and, you know, the different the different things that they're handling with movies. So what happened with Black Widow? I mean, yeah, you know, that... Well, and, and uh, you know, as Cameron was talking the other day, Sony is looking at all of this. They don't have a streaming channel. They're going full in with a regular theatrical release on, on their films. And you right. see, you know, Venom 2 does really well. Um, and they're getting ready with Spider-Man No Way Home to come out here soon. Right. And they're looking at this whole business model completely different from all of the different studios that have these streaming channels that they've got to populate. And I'm wondering if those studios with the streaming channels are now taking a look at what Disney's or what Sony's doing rather and realizing, well, maybe we jump the gun a little bit with everything's got to go to the streaming channel and not, not stay in theaters long enough. But isn't that, the way the world works with everything you know we, we jump all in get yeah. all excited i think this is the right way to do things and then we, we you know once once one person or one group makes a bold move then they all start realizing they can make that bold move too nobody wants to be the one to say no we're going to be in movies only and force people to get the virus in the in the theaters together yeah <laughs> you know so now, now that one big group is doing it we can start doing it too because it's not us it's, it's them they, they, they you know it's it's cover it's, it's 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 the way of the world though yeah well and and this also you know you talk about uh us versus them type of thing and trying to satisfy all of these different types of groups where you have such polarization in the country now well it pretty much around the world especially with regard to the virus and the and the vaccines and all of that right where now suddenly everything is uh not an absolute you know it's it's like well we could do it this way we could do it this way it's almost like nobody knows which direction to jump now that everything everything gets called into question we don't really know what it is that we're doing because this is all completely uncharted territory still well once again they're they're all, all, everyone is trying to feel you know read the tea leaves and, and and feel and feel which way the wind is blowing make a bold decision for you know take a look at you know i i, I was i was doing a project for a client in israel in october working on behalf of the government of israel so i was i was allowed in when they weren't allowing travelers in there november 1st Everybody was supposed to get back in there. They were allowing visitors back in there. So November 1st, the doors opened up. And two weeks later, the doors closed down again. Yeah. You know, so anyone who makes any long-term plans is, 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 is just, you know, is, 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 in, is a state of limbo. And I think that big corporations have a lot more at stake. So they want to, one day they want to get on the news programs and say, we're going to do this, but Let's see where things go, because in this we're, we're in a, an era where you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And I've never, never seen it so wishy-washy before. Every day, the whole situation changes, the climate changes, the decisions, the mandates, everything changes. The rules yeah. change on a, on a daily basis. Well, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to, and, and it's hard for a company to follow that. 
Sure. Well, with and with that in mind, uh, given some of the new corporate executives that have that have that are coming on board at Disney, can we make some kind of a prediction? Can we can we game this out as far as what direction we think that's going to take that company? Because if none of them are part of the Hollywood crowd, right? What does that do to the focus on? Uh, creative, because we saw with uh, AT&T and Warner Media, AT&T didn't really know what they were getting themselves into, right. and that you know that whole thing with Warner Brothers and and Snyder and and Christopher Nolan and everything kind of blew up in their face. I like the Zack Snyder edition best. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know, and a lot of people that that whole restore the Snyderverse movement right. is still out there. But it does go to show that when you have a company like AT&T, which is a telecommunications company, it's not a media outlet, it's not an entertainment business. I, I would argue that they're all of that. Well, yeah, but the history of the of the corporation, though, is is geared more towards, you know, telecom as opposed to you know, uh, entertainment, where you have, uh, you know, Disney and... Sony and and these other companies that have been doing this for a long while they've been doing you know various different things with movies and television and part you know theme parks and whatnot but this idea that everybody in the C-suite is now going to be outside of the Hollywood system they're not part of that cocktail party crowd like like we've talked about before does that sort of presage indicate a possible direction that they want to take the the company moving yes, forward it, it does but first of all let, let me just remind you of something you know you're talking about at and t and and and, the, and their roots american tele you know telegram and telegraph um but uh sony was an electronics company it wasn't a media company they weren't making movies they were building they, 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 were, they were building the walkman they were bu building building your stereo system and 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 and, uh, and parts they became part of the movie business as well. And they, and, and they morphed into from electronics company to a media company. And, and I think you have to, you have, you have to, you have to remember that. I think what Disney is trying to do is realize that, that uh, you can't run a company by popular consensus. You can't run a company by how the wind blows. And while Disney is a creative company at heart, um, Disney needs to be creative because that's their business. Yeah. Um, you know, Disney started out as, you know, Mickey Mouse, children's programming, creativity. Um, they can't, they, they, they have to have that, but in order to make money, in order to be at the cutting edge, they have to also be a corporation business and focus on the bottom line. I think what you're seeing is that they're trying to get back to that realize, hoping, hoping that this pandemic era comes to an end at some point and we can go back to business as usual or business as 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 future not as usual and uh and at the same time they're going to have their creatives come in and you know there's going to be a battle always between the corporate minds and the creative minds there always are right. always always it it just doesn't exist the the, the people who, who the people who dot the i's and cross the t's and play with their calculators are not the ones who are drawing anime and designing and, 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 you know, write, writing script and jokes. It doesn't, it, it, they just don't go together. Yeah. Never have. They're very different missions, very different ideals. And what they're, what, I think what Disney's trying to do is, is find a blend that works. They'll hire whoever and they'll, the creative is going to always be more important, but they're not going to be the ones running the company. They're going to be the ones doing the creative, you know, it's, it's, right. it's just, just like, a, a a food restaurant you know you all these chefs on on uh, all these creative chefs who make food great they always have business partners who actually can run the numbers because just because i know how to make a, a chicken cordon blue doesn't mean i know how to buy the right glasses and tableware and i might spend more money on that and lose money on my chicken cordon blue so i need someone who actually can run the business end while i do my creatives well, and and, uh, and that that reminds me about you know makes me think of of Bob Iger's approach, as it's been described in a number of articles. I think Hollywood Reporter had something talking about how Iger was always the relationships guy. You know, he's he's telling you about this book he just read, and did you see this TV show? And I took I took this trip, and da 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 da. Whereas Chapek is. You know the bean counter, the 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 lines on the ledger type of guy, and I I have to wonder if if 
these new people are the same kind of numbers on the ledger type of people, we've already seen with Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit what possible impact that could have. Some have speculated that that lawsuit was theater, that it was arranged. I, I don't know about that. But so you know, I'll ask you what benefit was that? Well, true. Well, and the only thing I can think of is that somehow it it worked to help establish Chapek in his position as CEO. But I I don't I don't I couldn't I couldn't make that. The only leap. one is arranged by the lawyers. <laughs> yeah, right. But the the like you're saying, the talent and the creative side, those are still going to be important. But is there a risk of losing the relationship type of thing that Iger had with creatives if all of the people in the corporate offices are are geared more toward the profit as opposed to the creative? Don't you need to have that? that risk? Yeah, 100 percent. There's that risk. But that's why. What I think you're going to see is some people hired with five-year contracts, some people hired with one-year contracts. And I think that what Disney's trying to do is figure out the mix that works, find the people on the, on, on the, on the business side that can work best with the creative side and find people on the creative side that can understand and respect the need for, for the business side. Yeah. Robert in the chat is saying, uh, I think Disney's a hostage to China. Not only is it the largest second movie, the movie market, You've got the Hong Kong Disney Park and Shanghai Park, um, it, and you could have a little bit of that. Oh, there, there he is, there he is, there he is. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a real quick break, and we'll be back. Cameron Pasha joins us next. Stand by. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. That's an interesting question. I think it's a big question. It's a good question. When you need to know, count on Sci-Fi for me to be there asking all of the questions. It's an interesting question <laughs> you're asking. You know, you ask very good questions. <laughs> but you, you ask such a perceptive, an excellent question. Now you've put your finger on, <laughs> uh, you've put your finger on exactly the heart of the book here. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Back on Live from the Bunker and joining us in the chat now, Cameron Pasha, writer and producer. He is here to talk about the Hollywood politics of stuff. We've been talking about the PR aspects of things. Uh, Cameron, I want to I start uh, because you have talked on uh, Valiant Renegade's channel and on Force for Light and, and Midnight's Edge, the Cameron Pasha payout plan. And with regard to uh, Kathleen Kennedy and her position as uh, the president of Lucasfilm, what is it that is uh, is part of the of of what you say is the the payout that we're experiencing here? What do you think is going on with her with her contract? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for letting me join in. I apologize. There was a little confusion as to the timing is supposed to come on. So I, I, I came on a bit late by your time. No, that so was, that was entirely my fault. So. <laughs> so, but I, but I'm, here, I'm here to join. And, and, and thanks, Judah, for, for letting me come in the middle of your conversation. <laughs> so, I, I heard some of it just before I came on. Uh, and I certainly have some strong opinions on a lot of things. Um, but yeah, with regard to what I what I jokingly and not so jokingly call the Cameron Pasha payoff plan is that I worked for Disney. I worked for Disney as the head writer for the Tron animated series, and I, I got a file of their politics and I got fired. But I didn't get fired the way you get normally fired and you know, in, in sort of the outside world of reality, which is they were like, Okay, well, we don't want any bad PR. So we're going to just keep paying you your salary. You just don't come into the office, right? <laughs> you know, you just stay home, keep your mouth shut. Don't, uh, don't, you know, I was at the time a writer for the Huffington Post. They're like, we don't want no Huffington Post articles about how bad Disney is. We don't hear <laughs> nothing like that, as you know, Judah from PR. We don't want any of that. So you just get, and I've still got my weekly paycheck for a year. I went, I said, okay, you guys don't want me. I'm packing up. I'm out of here. The show's not going to work. Good luck to you. And it so didn't work, but, but I went home and I kept receiving my paycheck and so uh you know when it, it comes to is that was i mean i'm low level dude you know head writer of an animated show but uh they were afraid of any bad pr that would come from me leaving and so they gave me uh, a uh, a parachute which was you're still on the payroll 
you know, you'll you'll still get your credit and here's your money. We just don't want you here because you're not able to to work with the politics the way we need you to, right? Right. Uh, and so, so I am of the opinion that that is what has happened to Ms. Kennedy on a much grander scale. And again, the evidence is very simple. Uh, again, going with with the evidence that's been presented to us by the leaks and the fan information, because as I think Judah was, will have noted, there has been no official announcement of her status from right. Deadline or Variety, which is unusual. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and so going with the information that's been leaked out in the rumor world uh, and in some of, some of the side websites uh, that Ms. Ms. Kennedy has whatever is three-year extension, whatever it is, but at the same time, we are hearing that, uh, that all of the projects that, that she had championed seem to be dead in the water. You know, we, 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 we are hearing it, it, at the very least that Rogue Squadron with Patty Jenkins has been delayed. My opinion, it, it's, it's just done. I think it's done. I think we're hearing more and more unfortunate news for, for Ms. Jenkins every few days. I think, I think she's yeah. been put in the direction. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what, uh, that that's, seems to be what Matthew Bellani was saying in his Puck article that, that Rogue Squadron is off the production schedule altogether. So yeah. might not even come back. Uh, my view is it will not come back certainly with with, with Ms. Jenkins involved. No. Uh, and, and and now that we have, and I think Judah can uh, may agree with this. Uh, again, forgive me for speaking with you. I think when when we have a new regime change uh, it, on a studio, pretty much the old regime stuff tends to uh, fall away. It's what yeah. happened when I was on the TV show Kings on NBC. Uh, you know, the the moment that uh, that we had a regime change, a new head of NBC we knew that we were done we were supposed to we were set we were going to be the big new thing that nbc was, was going to put out there uh it was going to take over the slot for er and uh and the literally on uh, january 1st uh we had already finished most of production we were in post-production uh and we were going to go on the air in uh in april taking over the er slot er was going off there after all those years yeah. and january 1st we heard that uh that there was a change in regime, and I immediately called my you know writer's assistant. I said, "It's time for you to pack up, get your resume out. We're done." Right. <laughs> and January second, we heard that we were not canceled because I haven't been premiered yet, but we were taken off the ER slot, the prime slot of uh, you know right. of NBC, and put up against The Simpsons on Sunday night. So I said, okay, well, they want to kill us off, right? And yeah, so right. I immediately, I was back in LA a few weeks later. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was back in LA before the show premiered because I knew it was finished. Right. And, and to to uh, to the regret of the the new regime, we still got good ratings, even against The Simpsons, because it's a good show. So right. in the middle of the run, without telling anybody, they just moved it to Saturday without even announcing it, because they needed to get rid of the show. They needed yeah. to kill it. They needed to kill it without killing it. Right. Correct. And and then like, oh, damn it, these guys are still getting ratings. We just all right, we'll put them on. We're not going to tell anybody. We're going to move them Saturday at eight. We're just not going to tell anyone in the middle of the season, right? I had and, I had an experience like that with the Sci Fi Channel. They did a they did a a, a short film contest called exposure and at the end of all of the competition uh they ran us at i think 1 a.m or 3 a.m or something on the network and i thought okay they're just burning out a commitment somehow they're 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 doing this thing they're going to get it done and then it's not going to get any good ratings and they can kill it so i i i can i can understand that on the smaller scale but but just to finish off what i was saying that's the uh, that's the idea of what I believe is happening is Ms. Kennedy's projects appear to be dead. There has been no announcement of her, uh, you know, uh, of her, whatever her contract extension may be, uh, as in the official trades days after it, this has been spread all over town by these third tertiary sources, right? Right. Uh, and now you've got, you've got these kinds of rumors that the Mr. Favreau and, uh, and Filoni have taken over the movies, which again appears to line up with the fact that everything that was on her movie slate seems to be dead. So the data that we're getting, at least from secondary and tertiary sources, seems to support the idea that Ms. Kennedy has been given a very large golden parachute. Keep your title, keep your respect, keep your prestige, keep the, uh, keep the uh, blackmail videos you got inside the safe. <laughs> Just keep it all there, fine. And here's your payoff. And you know, I think the Mr. Mr. Chapek's goal was strategic ambiguity. I don't think he intended for anyone to have any idea what her status was in order to prevent any controversy. Just keep paying her, uh, let the work continue with Mr. Favreau. Uh, and then I think what we see saw is, is uh, Kathleen Kennedy's husband, Mr. Marshall, suddenly retweets an article 
from you know Mr. Baloney or someone who retweeted Mr. Baloney saying that she had been given this extension, yeah. and uh, and that I don't think was part of the plan because it created the kind of uproar that we've had, which I don't think he wanted. I think he just wanted silence on the topic. That's why the trades remain silent. Right. That's my opinion. Well, and, and well, the trades don't have the confirmation. The trades yeah. don't have the confirmation, but the, her husband did it because he's trying to protect her and trying to encourage them to to stick to that that three year plan at the very least. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, so, yeah. You know, and the very fact that the trades don't have the confirmation, while this has now been globally widespread through secondary and tertiary sources, yeah. is a very bizarre thing. But now you have this uh, environment where the blogosphere and the YouTube channels and all of that now comes into play like it never has before. And, and Judah, we can, we can look at the PR from a corporate standpoint. I'm not sure that too many... I, I could be speaking out of turn here. I don't know that it's a normal thing for a regular corporation, just everyday Joe corporation, to be worried so much about what people are saying about them on YouTube. Whereas that's, you have now... That's not true anymore. That's not true anymore. Okay. I think you have... Because of the social the social environment today, I think that every corporation not only has to be financially responsible for their shareholders, they have to be socially responsible to everybody um, you know, to, to, to the public out there or else or else for fear of that, you know, they're going to get protested. They're going to get, you know, attempted to be canceled. And that affects their bottom line as well. And the more people stand outside with signs, the, you know, the more people, the, the fewer people stop, you know, start to start, start, you, you know, uh, if the, if fewer people, you know, will, will use their product or or, uh, or or abide by them. And then you'll start seeing that in the bottom line, too. They have to be careful about everything they do. And, yeah, yeah social media means a lot to these companies today because that's where it's all at. Well, and, and with Star Wars, you know, had the, the fandom menace that grew out of the the blowback on on The Last Jedi. And then we saw what happened with Solo after that. I mean, it's the, the first Star Wars film that bombed at the box office. And suddenly everything changes. Bob Iger comes back in. He says, all right, I'm, I'm not leaving quite yet. We're going to rethink this every movie, a movie every year plan. And we're going to shift everything over to television. And suddenly it's almost as if everything there was this seismic shift and that one spot and john favreau comes in with the mandalorian and coincidentally enough or maybe not he's the one with iron man and comes in with kevin feige and they start the the mcu i'm starting to wonder how much john favreau was responsible for the mcu being as successful as it was instead of kevin feige I well, can't answer that question. <laughs> um, I mean, it's random yeah. speculation on my part, but uh, I, I have to I, wonder now. Well, I, I certainly, you know, I've been outspoken that I think Mr. Feige's may, may not making the best creative choices in this latest phase. And uh, and certainly he doesn't have people like Mr. Perlmutter, you know, or Mr. Favreau around him anymore. So it certainly suggests there were voices early on in, the, in Marvel that played uh, to its success that maybe that he needed certain voices to balance out maybe some of his own instincts, which weren't always commercial, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, that's what I think happened. You know, I, it's, it's all, that's why I'm of the view that, uh, that when Mr. When Mr. Uh, Iger took over the chairmanship of Disney, as well as being CEO in 2012, that that was a mistake. Uh, historically, Disney has always kept those roles separate. Uh, and they've separated them now with Miss Susan Arnold coming in. And I think the fact that they were concentrated CEO and chairman of the board in one person uh, was a mistake because he needed to be checked. He needed a voice to say, uh, should, should we be checking on what's happening with Star Wars? Right. I mean, what's going on with this? Uh, oh, oh, Solo didn't do well? How did you let that happen? He needs someone. Everyone needs someone on top of them. You know, otherwise you start deluding yourself and, and making mistakes and you have no one to correct you. Because from what I can see from the rest of the board, most of the rest of the current Disney board was essentially appointed uh, under Mr. Iger's reign, except for Ms. Arnold, who predates it, right? Yeah. I think she came in 2007 and she would have been the last person to, she'd have been the one person who didn't, he didn't have something on top of, right? You know, she was independent of him and it's not a surprise she's taken over since. So I think, I think that all people need to have voices to, to hold back their worst instincts, and that in, that includes uh, you know Bob Iger, and that includes Kevin Feige. Now, uh, you were when you were on Valiant Renegades channel last week, you mentioned uh, with regard to Susan Arnold a couple of things. One, she's a, an ins, uh, an uh, 
independent investor, uh, the, the, the type of investor that she is and the people that she speaks for, you're saying that, that uh, you suspect she was instrumental in getting Bob Chapek installed as CEO, and now that she's in charge, being both woman and LGBTQ, does this set her up to avoid potential backlash later if they if they decide that they're going to let Kathleen Kennedy go? Well, I mean, I think I, th- I think Judah could also add to it. My my in my perspective, you know, not being a PR professional, but my perspective is that, you know, before Ms. Kennedy was able to hide behind the 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 acclaim of the most powerful woman in Hollywood. Right. I don't think that she's the most powerful woman in Hollywood anymore. I think that Susan Arnold <laughs> is, is the most powerful woman in Hollywood. And uh, and I think that, you know, it's very hard in the current environment. I can only speak now speaking from writers' rooms and television and stuff that I work in that white males are frightened of acting against women. I've worked in an environment on a show where we had a executive producer who was female, was inexperienced, who was very young and very out of control and 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 the the person that had been put in there sort of as the experienced person was a white male. He was pretty blunt. I'm, I knew about it. <laughs> if I try to move against her, if I try to get her fired, I'm I'm out, right? I'll be right. the white male that, that acted against a woman. And eventually her own behavior got her fired, right? But it took a lot longer to cause a lot of damage because people were afraid to act because she hid behind the I'm a woman and I'm, I'm a minority, uh, which was unfortunate. I'm, I'm a minority too. So I was like, that doesn't protect me from being incompetent. But so I witnessed that with my own eyes and that was only very recently. So I'm sure that on a much bigger scale, it's it's a lot easier to dispose of people who are hiding behind identity when the very top person is a woman and is LGBTQ. Then it's it's just easier for people who are just trying to keep that backlash off of them. And I'm sure Judah has a perspective on that more from a professional PR perspective. Well, it's kind of what, what we were talking about earlier um, before Cameron got on is that if you if you look at look at the state of television advertisements and, and media and billboards today, they're all moving in a certain direction, try, try, trying to 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 show different types of demographics than they used to to right. show how open they are. And yes, there is a the aspect of the white middle aged males are not going to voice their opinions or objections because then they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's. You know, and, you know, will, can, will it be a correction one day? Yeah, sure. But right now we're at a pendulum swing. And, and I just want to give a personal thing to what Judah is saying, because I'm on some screenwriter boards, you know, with the other fellow screenwriters and uh, who are chatting and revealing secrets and talking to each other. And what I was fascinated by in the last uh, couple of weeks, there has been a change in the tone of those boards. You can imagine those, those boards are standard Hollywood sort of limousine liberal types, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. every, everyone's you know, saying all the right stuff and then going back behind their gated mansion, right? But what, 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 what I noticed was suddenly there was growing resentment and open conversation on the board by white men who had been denied work recently. It was shocking to me. I'd never seen that kind of conversation. And you know, a, a gentleman who is a, is a white gay male was taught he had written several successful movies with black characters, and he had several more that had uh, African-American directors and actors attached, but they wouldn't move forward because he was a white male. And he's like, well, I'm gay. He's like, well, that's not good enough, right? And so you're just, you're not the right face. That's, that's not good enough, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. Hi- the and, hierarchy and so, of oppression. Correct. And so, but what I've noticed now is a growing resentment that is that, that is the beginning of at least a pendulum slowing down. Yeah. That there are people's actually, you know, my friend on the board can't, pay his mortgage. He's had several projects canceled this year because he wasn't the right ethnicity, even though he had famous African-Americans attached who wanted him to remain on the project. The studio said, no, we can't have this guy. We can't have this guy be the writer. And uh, and so despite the the black director saying, I want this guy, I love his script, his project didn't move forward. And now he's like, well, how do I pay my mortgage? Right. And so that resentment is beginning to grow. And now that's affecting people economically, sort of the, the liberal part of the limousine. When you lose a limousine, you lose a liberal, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I mentioned earlier, because uh, it seems like uh, with regard to China, especially, but other other topics, I, I, there's a there's a clip floating around right now from Jake Tapper at CNN uh, calling out cancel culture and, and woke stuff. And somebody was like. Does does Jake Tapper have twenty four hours to live, and he's trying to make amends here? Because this is Jake Tapper on CNN. I mean, Jake Tapper shouldn't. Yeah, he, he he he's calling out cancel culture as a bad thing. He's he, he's probably on 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 the precipice of being one of the people responsible. Yeah, I mean, you know, CNN fires Chris Cuomo, and it's and it's a fairly quick decision. And you know, we we've talked about, you know, some of the 
some of the decisions that it feels like, some, you know, not just Hollywood, but corporate media is, is making in the last couple of weeks, post-Rittenhouse trial, seems like we're starting to see, you know, like you said, the pendulum starting to swing back just a little bit. I, I don't know that we're in full, full correction mode yet, but it certainly does feel like some people are starting to think, hey, wait a minute, maybe we should be concerned with what the audience thinks and what the customer thinks and, and do something different, make decisions that are, that are based on that. And you've got, uh, you know, like with Susan Arnold coming in, you've got uh, Jeff Morrell coming in. I'm looking at Jeff Morrell's Twitter account because he's coming from BP. And his Twitter account is all BP. It's all oil and gas. Well, that's always been. He's on brand, which tells me that we're not going to have to worry about big political explosive landmines in the middle of his social media. That's smart. Because he's focused on well, his oil product. and gas are also political landmines these days. Don't well, that's that. true. But you know, aside from aside from a couple of posts about when Colin Powell died, he's on brand with messaging about his product and the benefits right. of the product and the and the and the success and all of that. He's not sitting there saying, you know, Donald Trump this or Joe Biden that or you know, going one way or the other. He's 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 staying on on message. He should and and, and, which and is he good. Should, smart. And, and, he, and he should. That's responsible. And yeah. It's also it, it's also it, it's also CYA right now. It's make make sure that you're just focusing on the job at hand and not getting involved in extraneous activity. Right. Well, well, one thing, and I'd love to get Judah's perspective on this because you are coming straight from the industry that that this gentleman is is really, you know, he, he's a PR professional at, at the height of his game, right? But my instinct is looking at just even the press release that that the trades put out about Mr. Morell, uh, they they highlighted that he guided BP through that that deep water oh, horizon spill. Spill. yeah, and yeah. that was a major disaster, you know, and he was able to manage public perception that the company came out okay from this. And so, so he's a crisis expert. And to me, that's very interesting that this gentleman comes in. And I, I am of the opinion that Disney has going through has been going through a PR crisis for the last several years due to some mismanagement and right. mismanagement of the public perception. And I think it's very interesting that they chose someone who's managed major global PR issues to come in at that role. And I wanted to know if you had a perspective on that. Well, the, 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 the only reason, I mean, not the only reason, but they, they hire a crisis manager for that reason. But the reason they put that in their press release and their announcement is because they want you to know that they're hiring a crisis manager. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, there's de- because if, if they like other aspects of what he did, they would put that in the press release that they, they, they want you to know that he's here to help, help solve a problem. Now, is that a message for the industry, for the financial community, or for the public at large, who's who's the focus of that particular message you know that what? they're trying every, to send? Everybody, every demographic involved can take it personally the way they want to. Oh, the movie guys. Oh, he's gonna he's 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 trying to save Disney for the Disney that I love. <laughs> trying to save Disney for my for, for my stock price. Everyone everyone's gonna have their own reason, and they didn't specify what he's there for. He's crisis management. He's gonna help manage. Whatever crisis you think they're in, and if people listen to your show, think it's one crisis. People who own stocks think another crisis. People sitting in in their limousines in in Hollywood think it's a different crisis. He's <laughs> going to solve it all. He's there. He's there to be their 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 point guy and fall guy. Yeah, well, no, he, it, it's it's all of the above for exactly what you're saying. You know, and, but but he's absolutely the very fact that it's. There's a lot of things to mention in a press release. The fact that this was mentioned in the release and was released by the trades means we're all supposed to know this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're starting to see, you know, the that reflected possibly here of the stock price because you've got between uh, November 10th and uh, mm-hmm. December 1st where it bottoms out, and now it's starting to come back, possibly on the news that Favreau and Filoni are going to do the movies. Susan Arnold's the new chairperson. You've got uh, now uh, uh, Morell being announced in communications. It really does kind of feel like Disney's executing a course correction. Possibly. I think that's what they want you to feel. And, you know, right or wrong, it, may, it might be. But the impression they want you to give, and the stock price is showing it, is that they're doing the right things. They're making the right moves to build confidence on all sides. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is it's also happening at a time when we're beginning to see uh, their competitors, uh, show, you know, going on a different track. I mean, we've seen Sony with the, the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie, which I absolutely loved. I mean, I just saw it a second time two nights ago, yeah. and I really, I may see it a third time. I love that movie. It was very heartfelt. 
It touched me very deeply. It brought me back to my childhood while also establishing these wonderful new characters that I want to see more movies of, right? Uh, and so that's what Star Wars should have been, right? And I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Bob Chapek's a family man. I'm sure he watched that movie with his kids. And he's like, so why did why do I have to why do I have to deal with this crap? Why couldn't you know <laughs> the Star Wars trilogy have been this right? <laughs> Introducing wonderful new characters you care about while respecting the, the previous characters, giving them some hero- heroism, and then the torch is passed on with ease. Yeah. And so now that we're watching and you know we're watching the competitors beginning to course correct with regard to the kinds of films. Dune was a was a wonderful movie in my opinion, but it didn't have the new one or the old one. Yeah, but, but it, was, it, was, it was. What's interesting is that it, they were so true to the book that the book is not politically correct by today's standards. I mean, it's set in the future, but it's got concubines and harems and you know, and and essentially a feudal political structure, right? And, and aristocratic elites and all of that, and and it's got brown people fighting jihads. It's got all these things that don't fit into the current narrative that some people are trying to push, right? And, right. The movie, and so, and the movie was successful. So there's people are going to wake up saying that maybe the audience is okay with with just entertainment, right? And I think you know the new regime at Disney is aware of what their competitors are doing, right. and you know, and 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 are planning where we got to get onto this track. When I did my review of Ghostbusters Afterlife, I opened with I am at the same time fifty one and fourteen, because that it, like you're talking about that feeling, that nostalgic feeling is there, but it's there in an organic way. And I think a lot of people recognize The Force Awakens gave us the opportunity, but it got missed because all we needed was that one scene to have all of them together and everything would have been okay. And then we didn't get it. And then of course, you know, with Carrie Fisher's passing, we wouldn't get it. There's no possible way to do it now. So I, I, I do agree with you, Cameron. I think that that nostalgia factor, that understanding of what entertains us as opposed to appeases us I think people are starting to realize that maybe that's the way to go. Hopefully, uh, th- this this indicates that Disney is starting to wake up to that fact. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's a, at the end of the day, money talks. And, uh, you know, the last couple of years has been very hard financially for the industry. Uh, I think it shook up everybody, shook up this town. And a lot of people that were thought they were financially comfortable don't feel financially comfortable right now. And so at the end of the day, when you when you're worried about paying your bills, you start getting back to reality and then you worry about ideological stuff later because you got to pay your bills first. And that works on an individual level and that works on a corporate level. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, we've come to the end of our hour. I want to definitely have you guys back to to talk further about different things. Maybe not necessarily Lucasfilm all the time, because it does seem like that's uh, that's how we circle back. But uh, definitely want to have you back, uh, Judah Inglemeyer. How does how do people find you for your expertise, sir? Just go to heraldpr.com, and you can find me www.heraldpr.com, or you have my name on the screen. Just Google me, and you'll find me very easily. All right, and Cameron, you've got a Patreon uh, blog. Uh, where else? Where can people find you? Yeah, I mean, my Patreon is the best way to to find me and to uh, and to contact me. Uh, you know, I'll put a link on uh, in in the chat here. Uh, but yeah, I put all kinds of articles. Uh, I was analyzing Jeff Morrell just yesterday, within minutes of, of of the news coming out, and and also it's a chance for people to be able to interact with me. I do I do screenwriting consulting through that, and uh, and people can reach out to me directly through it as well. So uh, so yeah, so I'll put a link in that, and, and that's the best way to stay in contact. And again, my apologies for the timing misunderstanding. No, it's uh, all right. But- but I came in for half of it, and everyone got to good. hear Judith Ju- insight without me interfering. So that's <laughs> it. I, I, right. I, I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, don't forget tomorrow on uh, on the show we will have uh, Richard Hogue. He is of Hogue Law, and you probably saw him on Nick Ricada's panel discussing the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Uh, Richard has been covering the Activision Blizzard scenario circumstance for the last uh, six months or so so we're going to have him on to talk about the ramifications of that and uh, Thursday not sure what we're going to do Thursday yet so we do hope that you join us for those shows Uh, and if you are new to the channel uh, we do invite you to subscribe have your notifications turned on we do have a, uh, a way that you can find us all over the place. We've got a mailing address there for you to send any material that you would like for us to review. 
Uh, we've got the tip jar over on PayPal and Subscribestar. You can sign up for a newsletter. There's all of the video platforms and the social medias. So you can do a frame grab there and connect with us wherever you have an account. We probably have too many of them. So uh, that's going to do it for us today. I will leave you with this quote from Terrence Winter. The first rule of show business is get off the stage while people still want more. And we're going to do that here. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.